Hi, everybody. This is Love Him, Love Them with Linda Gunner, where we give hope, touch lives, and change hearts. I give up. I don't know about you. I just sometimes want to give up. But if I told you that there was a secret that would allow you to have hope in this world, would you want to know what it was? Are you listening today, hoping, praying, longing for someone to sing something or pray something or preach something or teach something that would strip all your hope away? Are you listening today, hoping to be discouraged? Or maybe you're listening today, hoping that somebody would just knock the wind out of your sails. (laughs) No. Nobody's here listening today for anything I just said. Nobody is listening saying, please hurt me. Please strip away all the motivation for serving the Lord. Please discourage me. Please today just defeat me. You're listening here for the opposite today, right? We are all looking for encouragement. We are all seeking hope. We are all desiring to be motivated to do greater things for the Lord, right? We're all here looking for help. So if you want to know the secret, you stay tuned. Hi there, my name is Linda Gunner, and if this is your first time tuning in with us, I just want to introduce myself and our ministry. I am the volunteer CEO of the most fabulous nonprofit in the entire world, Love Him, Love Them. And we got our name from an answer to a question when an attorney in the Bible asked Jesus, hey, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said, you need to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. And that's the first one. And the second one is you got to love your neighbor as yourself. Do you ever wish sometimes he didn't add that part in? We serve widows and orphans in the country of Haiti and then also stateside in Northeast Georgia. And we have a brand new book out called Miracles with Mommy Linda. Uh, definitely want you to... Uh, to get that book. I'm referred to as Mommy Linda in the country of Haiti. I'm the mother of 12. I still have five at home, and I would love to come and share at your church uh, or your women's organization or your conference uh, all about what we do in the country of Haiti. So feel free to go to our website at lovehimlovethem.org. Now, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. Don't lose heart. I asked you, If there was a secret that would allow you to have hope in this world, would you want to know what it is? In a world that is so filled with hopelessness and discouragement and defeat, if I told you that I knew a way that you could live your life every single day and not lose heart, would you refuse to hear me tell you that secret? Of course not. That is why we're here. You know, there's a guy in the Bible named Paul who tells us that he found the secret. He found the secret to staying encouraged by the Lord. Again, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. So listen to what the Bible says. Therefore, we do not become discouraged. We don't become spiritless or disappointed or afraid. 
Even though our outer self is progressively wasting away, I'm starting to see that with my husband and myself, just saying, yet our inner self is being progressively renewed day by day. For our momentary light distressed, this passing trouble, is producing for us an eternal weight of glory, a fullness beyond all measure, surpassing all comparisons, a transcendent splendor, and an endless blessedness. So. We look not at the things that are seen, this is the supernatural, but at the things that are unseen. What is unseen? What's unseen is what's happening in the spirit realm. But at the things that are unseen, for the things that are visible are temporal. They're just brief. They're fleeting. But the things that are invisible are everlasting and imperishable. When was the last time you saw something invisible? Ooh, I've got stories and stories about that when we brought the Haitian Orphan Children's Choir here about many children who were able to see in the spirit realm. You know, in verse 16, Paul says, we don't become discouraged. Literally, we do not lose heart. Paul knows the secret to not losing heart, and he shares that secret with us in this passage. I want to spend the rest of our time today talking about how to not lose heart. Because I'm going to listen to this show after we're done recording it so that I can remember exactly how to not lose heart. I don't want I don't want you to get discouraged. I want to show you and me both how to not get discouraged even when life is the most discouraging. So if you'll stay with me through this time, I can promise you that you will be encouraged, you will be motivated, and you will have hope in the Lord. If that's not what you want, you're free to go. But if you want the secret, I want you to stay tuned on how to not be discouraged. You know, Paul is telling us that regardless of what comes his way, he does not give up. He does not give in. He does not give out. And he does not lose heart. It is so easy to lose heart, isn't it? (laughs) It's so easy to come to a place where you're just ready to throw in the towel, where you you just want to lay your burdens down and you just want to quit. People ask me all the time about the the things that we endure. Right now, we have uh, complete civil unrest in the country of Haiti. We just had to do what should have been in a movie and should have been recorded by moving 17 girls out of an area uh, from one of our orphanages where they're going in and burning down the homes with the people in them. And we had to make some, some incredible decisions in a very timely fashion to be able to get them out You know, sometimes when you're dealing with these sorts of things and just the problems that come in our life, it's just like, you know what? It'd just be easier to just quit. It seems to me from reading what the Bible says about the life of Paul that it would have been easy for Paul to quit. It would have been easy for him to lose heart. You know that little phrase that he says, I never lose heart. I don't know a lot about English, but that's the present tense. And what that means is he keeps on not losing heart. He's not bragging. He's he's making a simple statement of fact that Paul had discovered a spiritual secret that enabled him to be encouraged even in the midst of circumstances that would have discouraged anyone else. I mean, let's be real about it. When do you need to be encouraged? You don't need to be encouraged when everything's going great in your life, right? Everything's fine. It's when our world falls apart. And I'm going to tell you, Paul's life was anything but easy. Listen to some of his problems. Paul was forced to endure in his life. And I say this to a lot. A lot of people say, you know, our lives should be 
problemless. If we're following Christ, we shouldn't have any issues. We shouldn't have anything go wrong. Really? And I always say to them, when you get to heaven, I think you should sit down at the table with Paul and explain that to him because I think he would have a lot of reasons to argue back with you. He tells us in 2 Corinthians 1, do not, for we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters. Our trouble on the West Coast province of Asia, how we were utterly weighed down beyond our strength so that we despaired even life itself. He was at that point where he was like, what's the point? Are they self-proclaimed servants of Christ? I'm speaking as if I were out of my mind because I am more so, for I exceed them. Far more labors, far more imprisonments, beaten, times without number. Often I was in danger of death. Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. I'd like to see somebody beat me up 39 times and then me continue. You know, three times I was beaten with rods. One time I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I'm just going to say, if I was shipwrecked once, I don't think I'd be going back out on the boat. A night and a day I have spent drifting at sea, many times on journeys exposed to danger from rivers, danger from bandits. That's what we're dealing with in Haiti. Danger from my own countrymen. We're also dealing with that in Haiti. And danger from the Gentiles. I am a Gentile, so I'm not sure about that. Danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger on the sea, danger from those posing as believers. Oh, that's good. Have you ever had some issues with people who are posers? (laughs) Paul said people that were posing as believers. We could talk about that for the next 20 minutes. In labor and hardship, often unable to sleep. I don't have an issue with that. In hunger, in thirst, I was often driven to fasting because I was I had lack of food. I was in cold. I was exposed without adequate clothing. Besides those external things, there's the daily inescapable pressure of my concern for all the churches. Any of you in leadership where you have pressures of concerns for the things you're dealing with? Who is weak? And I do not feel this weakness. Who is made to sin? And I am not on fire with sorrow and concerning. Yet, in spite of all those trials, all those tribulations, all those burdens, Paul is able to say, but I didn't give up. I didn't give up. So is there anybody listening who can echo that statement that can say, I never get discouraged. I never want to give up. I'm always encouraged. I'm always excited and energized about my life and my walk in the Lord. You know, I was just in Dallas a couple of weeks, or last week, I think it was, and was had the opportunity to be interviewed by several amazing television stations. And one of those questions was, do you ever want to give up? And I'm like, are you kidding me? I want to give up three times every day. <laughs> you know, that thought comes to my mind. What am I doing this for? Why am I not laying on the beach? Why am I, what in the world am I fighting in this war for? But nobody here can say that you never get discouraged. Nobody here can say that you never want to give up. We have to, we all stumble from discouragement to discouragement, and we all want to quit from time to time. We all want to just stop and give no more because we feel that we have given all we already can. Most of us are like David, who says, and I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove far, then would I would fly away and be at rest. If we would be honest, we would have to admit that at times I would, <laughs> wouldn't mind sprouting a pair of wings and flying away from the trials. You know, there's uh, in supernatural, in witchcraft and voodoo, that is something that's very popular right now is telekinesis and astral projecting. 
Um, and it would be kind of interesting uh, when you're the mom in the kitchen cooking, you've got 15 kids around you yelling and screaming and hollering, your husband's coming in and you've got all the pressures of the ministry and everything else. Woo, here come my wings and I'm out of here, right? I'm away from the troubles of life. I know I've been there many times. While there are times when leaving troubles and afflictions behind seems like the best option, I am far more interested in reaching the place where I can say, I faint not. I do not lose heart. I'm not going to give up. And I believe that that place is available to every one of God's children. I believe that that place is available for you and for me. You know, another thing in this world that causes us to lose heart is other people. Because we live in a fallen world, and the foolishness of a fallen man causes him to get drunk, causes him to drive his car and kill another person. That just happened in our community here last week. 19-year-old boy was killed by a drunk driver. Had his whole future ahead of him. The fallen nature leads fallen people to strap bombs on their bodies and walk into city buses and kill people. The fallen nature causes terrorists to go into shopping malls and kill people. Fallen people let us down. Fallen people hurt our feelings. Fallen people fail the Lord. And fallen people hurt us physically, verbally, emotionally, and spiritually. And a lot of times that causes us to lose heart. Sometimes just the words from someone, sometimes just a text from someone can cause us to lose heart. You know, Paul's experience was we're troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord of Jesus, that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in our bodies. You know, it's our experience, too. It's so easy to lose heart when life and people turn against you. It's so easy to come to that place where you just want to quit. But I want you to know you do not have to. You don't have to be defeated. You don't have to become a statistic. You don't have to be the one of those people. You don't have to be one of those people who used to walk with God. You don't have to be one of those people who used to go to church. And you don't have to be one of those people who used to be faithful. You can reach a place where you do not lose heart, where you do not give up. You can reach a place where you can press on in spite of what presses you down, you can echo that incredible statement of the Apostle Paul. For which cause we faint not, we do not lose heart, we do not give up. So the secret, what we need, what I need, is to come to the place that Paul came to. I want to come to the place where even though I'm attacked from without, And from within, by a fallen nature and a fallen world, I want to come to that point where I don't lose heart. I don't give up. I want to come to that place where I just don't give up regardless of what is going on around me or in me. And the secret to not giving up involves at least three things that we need to get. 
You know, in verse 16, he says, we're given fresh strength for every day. Paul reminds us that even though the outward man or girl or woman is perishing, the inward girl or man is renewed day by day. That natural man, which includes the body and the mind, is dying every day. Every day, the mind and the body are assaulted by the effects of sin and sinners. And as a result, those constant attacks on the outward man, it is perishing. Every day, we die a little. Every day, we lose a step. Every day, we experience heartbreak, sorrow, pain, problems, and the effects of the curse that's of sin in the world. And every day, we endure the problems attended with living in a world filled with sin and sinners. The things we see, what we hear, what we feel, what we experience, all of those things work against us to cause us to lose heart. And the outward man is constantly being destroyed right before our eyes. We can all relate to that. But while that outward man grows weaker and even nearer to the grave, the inner man is renewed day by day. You know, that word renew means to renovate. My husband and I used to be the Chip and Joanna Gaines uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, before there was a Chip and Joanna Gaines. And we would go in and take properties that were completely destroyed. Nobody would even want to walk near them. Matter of fact, that's why we got such a great deal on them. Nobody would want to touch them. And we would take those things and we would renovate them. And that's what's happening to the inside of us. Every day, the inner man is given new strength to face the trials. Jesus said it in Matthew 6, 34, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen. (laughs) So while every day brings with it its unique problems, and every day also comes with a measure of grace from the hands of the Father in heaven. And here is that promise. Lamentations 3. 21 through 26. But this I call to mind, therefore I have hope. It is because the Lord's loving kindness that we're not consumed, because he, his tender compassions never fail. They're new every single morning. Great and beyond measure is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion and my inheritance, says my soul. Wow. Therefore I have hope in him. And I wait expectantly for him. The Lord is good to those who wait confidently for him, to those who seek him on the authority of God's will. It is good for the one waits quietly for the salvation of the Lord. To those who seek him, it is good that one waits quietly for the salvation of the Lord. The inner man is renewed every day. We need to understand this. It's not a one-time drink that guarantees us daily strength and renewal. Now, the Lord is offering us a fountain from which we can drink every day. There's a, um, at the Olympic Park in Atlanta, Georgia, there are these fountains that go up. And we, when we brought the Haitian Orphan Children's Choir here, we went down there, we ran through those fountains and they just keep going and going and going. And the water is an endless supply. And drinking from fountains, that fountain that he offers That's what promises us that the inner man will be continuously renewed and renovated and refreshed day by day, even while our outside is growing weaker and weaker. So each day does have enough trouble of its own. It's sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof, it tells us in Matthew. So each day demands its own supply of grace. 
You know, the car of your life that you're driving was not meant to run on yesterday's gas. You got to refill the tank every day, right? Your spiritual metabolism cannot survive on yesterday's meals. You got to eat fresh food today. The spiritual dosage that brought healing to your heart yesterday will not help your symptoms today. You need a fresh dose for the ailments of a fresh day. Your bucket leaks. <laughs> what, what you brought up from the well yesterday is not going to be sufficient for the trials that you're going to be called on to face today. No spiritual fuel was designed to run your car for 10 years. No single spiritual meal is going to power your life for months at a time. No spiritual inoculation will cure the ailments of a new day. The inner man is renewed day by day. He is renewed by fresh fuel, by fresh food, by fresh medicine. What does this mean? It means you need to feed on the Word of God every day. You need to pray to the Father every day. You need the fellowship of saints every day. In Haiti, we say, shakju, shakju. Going to church once a week or once a month is not going to get the job done. You need a fresh supply every day. You know, it's no wonder so many of us lose heart. We don't make any investment in renewing the inner man day by day. We feed our bodies, which are perishing. We put gas in our cars and keep the oil changed. Well, I'm not going to say I keep the oil changed because I'm kind of weak on that part. <laughs> and those cars are perishing. We go to the doctor. We take our medicine. We take care of our bodies, which are perishing. But we make no provision for the inner man that has got to be renewed day by day, which is one reason that we lose heart because our focus, our attention is on everything but the one thing that matters the most in our lives. We take no thought about our relationship with God and for the renewing of the inner man day by day. Nothing we face in this life is going to last forever. Notice, Paul calls it a light affliction. He says it's just for the moment. It's just for the moment. The word affliction refers to a tribulation, a trouble, a pressure. The word light means easy. So Paul is saying that the pressure that he's under I told you what all those pressures were that he was dealing with, but he says that those pressures are easy. And that's how he described his, his troubles. Here's what he said earlier. Earlier, but when Paul was on his spiritual journey earlier, they were a lot, a lot bigger deals. He said that they were so pressed out. Remember in the beginning, I said they were so hard pressed, he didn't even want to have life itself. But now he's gotten to a point where he calls them his light and momentary troubles. So nothing we face here on this earth is worthy to be compared with the glory we will experience in heaven. Our problem is this. We hear it, but we don't believe it. What we believe is what we see. What we believe is what we feel. What we believe is the pressure we feel. We never think it's easy. You never hear a believer testify and say that there are problems. Oh, I mean, most of the time when you talk, when you meet a believer and say, how are you? Oh, my goodness. You get every problem they have. Nobody ever says, oh, it's a light and momentary, what light momentary issue. But the reason Paul could say this and we can't is a matter of perspective. Because we have our eyes on here and now. And Paul has his on then and there. 
In verse 18, Paul reveals the secret for not losing heart when life tries to kill you. He says, everything in this world is temporal. It's merely here for a short time. It's going to pass away. But what we can't see, those things that are ours in heaven are eternal in nature. We will groan for a few days here. We will rejoice for endless ages there. We will feel pain here for a short time. We're going to experience his glory there forever. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. That's what it says in Psalm 30. The secret for not losing heart is maintaining the proper perspective. Ask the Lord to help you to get your eyes off of what you can see and to help you to look beyond this world to the glory that awaits in his presence. That's how Abraham made it. That's how Stephen made it. And that's how you will make it. Remember, it did not come to stay. It came to pass. If you're a child of God, nothing that happens in your life is meaningless. Everything that takes place is all a part of your father's plan to develop you as his child. And just a reminder, God didn't save you to make you happy. He didn't save you to bless you. God didn't save you to make, God saved you, (laughs) he did save you, to make you like Jesus. And that is his eternal purpose. So nothing in your life as a Christian is meaningless. Some things may appear to be that way, don't they? (laughs) I mean, when cancer comes and drains away your life, it doesn't seem like it's meaning. It seems meaningless. When your heart breaks and your dreams shatter, it's not meaningless. When your loved one dies at the hands of a drunk driver, it's not meaningless. When that car fails mechanically and someone you love dies, When a pastor struggles with problems in his ministry, when parents struggle with your children and their decisions, when the tragedies of this life pile on you one after another, and you're broken and weary and battered, it's not meaningless. No, these things are working for you. They are for your benefit. And one day when this life is over, you're going to step out of time into eternity and you're going to find yourself relieved. From the light afflictions of the moment and swallowed up far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. Again, I quote from the Apostle Paul, for I reckon the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared for the glory for which shall be revealed to us. So how do we not lose heart? We do it by seeing that the inward man is renewed day by day. We do it by preaching to ourselves and reminding ourselves of the truths that we found in this passage. Those verses over and over, Paul continuously reminds us and reminds us to live in the truth of who you are in Jesus Christ. You're a stranger in this world. You know, this week, this past week was the 11-year anniversary of one of my very best friends dying. And her husband, after, he, after she passed away, he just kept singing that song, I just don't belong here. This world is not my home. This world is, he said, I just can't wait to get to where she is. Because we are strangers in this world. We are just passing through this world on our way home. And along the way, you're going to be disillusioned, you're going to be defeated, and you're going to be discouraged. But you don't have to lose heart. 
God can and He will help you make the journey home with glory in your soul if you will just keep your eyes on Him and not on what you see. Tough, tough lesson today. But don't forget, it's our job also to love Him and love them. Remember, God did not save us to make us happy or to bless us. He saved us to be like Jesus.